Inspiring interviews with today's top landlords. This is the Rental Income Podcast. And now, Dan Lane. Randy Thomason from Little Rock, Arkansas is joining us on the podcast today. Randy's been building out his portfolio using a couple of different creative financing strategies. He's going to share with us how he's buying properties that, that are cash flowing using no down payment and using 0% financing. So I want to figure out exactly how he's doing this. He's also got a couple of good landlording tips he's going to share with us about how to make sure you always get paid the rent on the first of the month, every single month. And he's going to share with us why he stopped charging a security deposit. So we will take a quick break. We'll come back and we will get right into the interview. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Randy, so how did you get started in real estate? Um, Real estate is a passion thing. I think most of your people that are, are looking at getting into it are um, they, they find out they've got a passion for it because of the security it gives them and the extra income. And that's what started me. Uh, it started back in college. Um, I saw a Carlton Sheets uh, ad on TV. And of course, I didn't have the money as a college student. So I actually borrowed a little bit of money from my great aunt and she allowed me to buy it. And that kind of is what got me started interested. Okay. Even though I did, even though I didn't buy any properties for several years, it kept boiling in me and that I needed to do that. So what was your, your first property? Was that a rental or? Well, actually, no, the first property that I bought, um, I knew it was going to be an investment, but it was actually the first property that I bought after I got married and I moved into it knowing that it was just a temporary uh, house, and then we were going to turn it into a rental after that okay. as we bought a second house. And uh, uh, we were buying the second house to fix up because it was a total gut job. So we lived in the first one while we fixed the second one. And when it was ready, we moved into that one and then made the first one a rental. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, th- there's a lot I want to cover with you today. <clears throat> there's so much – we were talking before the show, and there's so much stuff that I want to cover. I, I-, I want to see how much of this we, we can get through. So – Tell me about the type of properties that you like to buy. You mentioned you don't like buying properties on the low end. And th- those properties generally cash flow a lot better than maybe some of the the B-class, working-class properties. Why do you like to buy properties in, in kind of the middle-of-the-road area? Well, for me, it's a matter of time management. Um, Low-end properties have a much higher turnover cost of eviction, damage, and more likely you're going to have to do a lot of collections. Mm-hmm. The middle of the road uh, properties uh, for me is most of the people have a steady job. They have bank accounts, which is very important to me uh, because I require all my tenants to do an ACH debit for their payments. And that way I'm not chasing uh, money all the time. And uh, they're going to do less damage because they look at it as their house. Mm-hmm. Um and so for me it's it's time management and care of the property. Okay. Now the these properties are they all single families? 
everything I've got right now are single families. Okay. Um, and uh, it, it's for me, it's the easiest uh, uh, investment to buy. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Now, tell me about the the ACH deposit. So you require that in your lease that they're they're going to have to pay you electronically. Is this like a website that they go on to? to pay you or is it automatically where you're debiting out of their account on the first? Yeah. With, with my particular system, I use my local bank here and, uh, they provide me the, uh, paperwork to get the tenants to sign up and a canceled check, uh, or avoided check. And we enter it into the system and it automatically drafts out of their account on the first business day of every month and hits my account that same, same day. So I get immediate wow. credit for those funds. I don't have to wait 24 or 48 hours for those funds. I love it. And do tenants ever give you any kind of pushback that maybe they, they like writing a check or they want to pay in cash? Or does that ever come up when you're taking on a new tenant? I have never had that come up. That's um, great. Because I, I covered it up front. I said, the only way you qualify is if you are acceptable to this. And most of them, my houses are, are in good shape and they want to move in there. So they're more than happy. And then they also say, Hey, we don't even have to worry about uh, remembering about this. Their mm-hmm. paycheck hits on the first, my debit hits on the first. And so it just all works out. And I can schedule my debits. If, if, if I've got, I've got one lady who's a retired person. Mm-hmm. So she gets her government check, uh, social security on the third or the fourth of every month. So I've set her ACH up on the fifth. Okay. So it works good for both of us. Yeah, that is really good because that is one thing that that I hate is trying to track down tenants and trying to to get paid or they're not paying on time and and getting paid on the first is it it just makes your life a lot easier. I think oh, yeah. that's that's really awesome. Um, and now the other thing that that you're doing is you don't charge your tenants a security deposit; you charge them a move-in fee. Is, is that Correct. right? Yes, we, we've just recently moved to this to where it's a move-in fee instead of a security deposit because, as we know, by most state laws anyway, deposits have to be returned unless there's charges against them, whereas fees do not have to be. So now we have a – we've changed to a move-in fee, and that way it's not returnable, and we explain that to them all up front. And most tenants don't expect to get their deposits back because they've been in this game long enough to know that most landlords figure out ways to – ding and, 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 and grab every bit of that money anyway. Right. So, so this just works better. I don't have to worry about deposits. It goes directly into my own bank account, you know, in my, my company bank account, instead of having to hold in a, uh, separate, uh, security deposit right. account. And, um, and we can use it to improve other properties. That, that's great. That, that really is a, a great way to, to add some more, more revenue. But do you ever fear that maybe a tenant is going to not leave the property in the best condition because they, they, they want to get their deposit back. Yeah. Well, I'll, we all have that problem and that comes back to screening your tenant on the front side. Okay. Um, you know, I'd rather a property sit empty for two months than to put the wrong tenant in there and have to go through an eviction process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now let's talk about how you're buying properties because you have used some bank loans but you you really like using creative financing to buy properties. My favorite. So talk about this. How how do you like? So this is you're getting the seller to hold the mortgage for you. So like, how do you even approach a seller uh, about getting them to to take terms versus getting a big payout when they sell you the property? 
Well, there are several different ways. Uh, when we approach a seller, we don't go in saying, oh, this is going to be a rental or this is going to be a rehab fix and flip or this is going to be a wholesale deal. We let the, the, the transaction, the deal dictate what it is. But when we identify a house that looks like it could be a uh, seller financed of some sort, we discuss it with them and just say, you know, one of the, the primary ways we're buying these days, because it's so hard to get bank loans as, as an investor, because banks are limited to what I think it's six uh, loans t- uh, per person, is that uh, uh, we do some sort of a uh, financing where it may be a subject to where we take over the, the person's loan and make the payments for them for a period of time. Uh, it may be if it's a free and clear house, um, you know, we, we kind of fill out what their needs are. It mm-hmm. is, is their need to get the highest price possible. Then we're going to start trying to, to, to talk about how we can get them the full price of the house. But usually we're going to be asking for our terms, which probably are going to be 0% interest financing. And okay. if they if they need interest, then we negotiate down the price saying we, we can give you interest or we can give you full price. And let them make a decision, and they love making decisions. Right, and right. Some, sometimes they want the interest, and we get a lower price, and sometimes we get uh, uh, full price, and uh, or get full price and get zero percent. I've got, I think, six houses right now that have zero percent financing for fifteen years from the owner. Wow, Had zero that is zero incredible. down payment, but they got full price. Right, but every dollar that I spend goes towards. Um, uh, the principal pay down, and in 15 years, they're totally paid off, and they cash flow like $400 a month each. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Now, do, do sellers give you any pushback that, hey, listen, I don't know uh, I don't know you. Uh, how do I know that you're going to make me these payments every month? Like, What do you do to assure them that, look, you're a professional investor. You're not out to steal their house. You're, you're going to make them payments. How do you assure them that everything's going to work out? Well, Number one, you got to build some credibility with them and build a relationship with them. Uh, in my particular situation, I'm president of the State Landlord Association. I'm also president of the uh, Arkansas Real Estate Investor Association. So that gives me some extra credibility. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, what before I took either of those positions, what I would do is show them that I'm always interested in their protection first before mine. So – if they are, whether it be a subject to or an owner finance situation, what I do is I actually put a quick claim deed in escrow with my title company that if I default on the loan for 30 days, they can petition the uh, title company and me to um, put together a uh, or, or show proof that I've made the payment. And, um, uh, and if I can't, then the title company will transfer the deed back to them and file it and they get the property back. Okay. So I'm looking out for their best interest first. So that they and wouldn't course, have to I, go I through. I, so, yeah, they don't have to go through a foreclosure right. or anything like that. And um, so, which, you know, I'm not defaulting on loans because that would kill me in my business. So sure. uh, there's no, no problem with me doing that. That's awesome. Now, and, and do most people, when you approach them about this, do they do they generally say yes, or are people a little bit uneasy about it? Like, what's the general feel when you talk to someone? Most of the people, by the time I've gotten to that point, uh, are are pretty comfortable, pretty comfortable okay. with it because okay. we've I bonded with them. You know, 
you know, when you're talking to sellers, the, the first thing you got to do is figure out what is the key to build a relationship with them. When I walk in a door, the first thing I do is look in the living room. Is it NASCAR on the wall? Is it cats? Is it dogs? Is it grandkids? You know, uh, what what is the situation? Because most of us can almost always have some sort of relationship. And, you know, I used to uh, uh, raise and show Rottweilers. And so I bought a house on a sub two in less than five minutes from the time I met the lady because she used to have Rottweilers. Okay. So, and she just trusted me because of that. Right. You know, you know, if they've gone through a divorce and that's why they're selling the house, you know, I can say, Hey, I went through a divorce about six or seven years that cost me several millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so I, they, they, they feel that bonding to you and then they, they build that trust to you. Right. So you, you just got to figure that out first. And then all the, uh, the, the, the guards go down and then you can really talk about the deal. They're willing to open up and say, here's my situation. How can you help me? And normally there's three or four different ways that you can find a way to help them. And it just matter which works best. Now let's kind of walk through a hypothetical situation. So say someone owns the property free and clear, say the market value is $100,000 of the property. It's in good shape. It doesn't need much work. You'd be able to rent it out right away. What would you typically offer them? Like, do you have, like, what would you maybe start with? Well, you know, the, the typical uh, instance in this business is that you make three offers. Mm-hmm. You know, you make a cash offer, you make a part cash, part uh, finance offer, and then you make a, a full finance offer. My cash offers, you know, I usually are going to work off of a Mayo formula if it needs any repairs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mayo formula being the maximum allowable offer, you know, uh, 70% or 65%, depending on what part of the country you're in, minus the repairs, and that's where you need to be. Um, you know, I might pay a little bit more for that if I if I know I'm going to keep it for a rental for 100% sure, um, you know, that's my, my first choice then I might offer a little bit more if it's a, especially if it's a good property in a great area that is an up and coming area that's going to increase in value. Um, you know, my second offer, a little bit of cash, you know, maybe it's, um, five or 10% down and then owner financing, uh, for the balance for a period of time. And then the third one's a zero down, uh, 0% interest, uh, but a full payout, but at full price okay, or cl- or close to it. And let them choose. Then they feel like they've got control right, of the situation. Right. Yeah, that, that's really, really a great strategy. I, I, I love that. Now, you also have a partner. So you, you're not building this out on, on your own. You, you, you have a partner. How, how, does the, your, how is your partnership set up? Well, it's kind of unique. Uh, his strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. And uh, I see his strength or his weaknesses growing stronger every day uh, in our partnership, though. So, uh um, but, uh, he's great at marketing and, uh, online mailers. Um, he's getting great at, uh, talking to customers too. Um, we have added a virtual assistant, uh, to our team, uh, overseas that, uh, does a lot of our, uh, day-to-day tasks that offloads that on us. But, um, but we, we work well together in that a lot of time I'm out in the field and so he gets a call in the office. If it looks like it's something very hot, he'll call me and say, hey, you need to go look at this one like now before it gets gone. Uh, and uh, so he does a lot of that stuff in the office. And, uh, uh, and whereas I'm out in the field uh, dealing with uh, our rentals whenever necessary, 
networking with uh, realtors, attorneys, uh, accountants, uh, private lenders, uh, people like that, and and also running the landlord and the um, investor association here. So I do a lot of lunches with uh, members, and we build relationships that way, and and we do a lot of joint venture deals with our membership. Okay. And you guys are buying houses really aggressively. You're buying a house a month at a minimum, but sometimes even more. Well, no, our our rental portfolio, our goal is two houses a month. Okay. Uh, but a minimum of one. And uh, but uh, like in the last forty five days, we bought nine or ten houses. That's great. And so, what's the plan? How many do you, do you have a a set number of houses that that your goal is that you want to get up to or uh, are you just going to buy houses forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you enjoy this business, it's not work. Yeah, and right. I, I, I enjoy work because I don't think it's really work. I yeah. mean, it, every day has its, you know, every once in a while you have one of those days. But, uh, um, and I'm a big believer that people that retire, if you look at statistics, a large percentage of those people die within five years of the time yep. they retire. Yeah. And so I don't plan on retiring from that standpoint. We do have a goal of a uh, hundred properties each, uh, which at two a month, that would get us there in about uh, seven or eight years. And uh, with what we already have. And, um, but you know, we'll probably continue on past that. If we have the opportunity to buy four or 500 houses, why, why not? Yeah, Right. Right. You know? And right now, are you self-managing all your rentals? We're self-managing everything right now. Uh, we may start our own property management company in the near future that would manage ours plus other people's, but we haven't fully decided on that yet because okay. that is a full-time business unto itself. Sure. Do, do you have anyone helping you out or are are you and your partner basically doing everything y- yourself? We we manage the stuff from a, from a company standpoint. Um, I've got a son that actually works for me in the property management side that does all the day-to-day stuff, you know, air filters and, and light repairs. If it's a, um, uh, contractor based type situation, like, uh, you know, air conditioner replacement or, uh, heavy plumbing, then we of course call the tradesmen out on that and, and do it all legally. Okay. So if, if there's a problem, say the AC is not working, Will he go over and and look at it and see if it's something simple, like maybe a, a something, maybe the filter isn't in properly or something needs to be switched on? Will, will he look at it before he sends out an HVAC person, or does he just say well, that's HVAC? Let me g- get a contractor out there. Yeah, no, we we always almost always take a look at it first okay. because sometimes, I mean. I'm going to say 30, 40% of the time, it's not uh, something we have to call somebody out for. It's the battery is dead in the thermostat. Right. Okay. Know, or the unit's frozen up, which we know is probably going to be a low freon situation, but we can unfreeze it. And then instead of calling an emergency out there or paying an after hours, it'll be working. And then uh, our AC guy can get there the next day when it's normal time instead of a uh, time and a half. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, and one fi- I've one final question from you that that came up this week from a friend of mine that's a a, a newer landlord and he's he's just kind of getting started but he had a a potential tenant come to him that looked good on paper. They had good credit, they had a good job history, good rental history. He he would definitely rent to them, but they didn't have the full security deposit. They they could only 
pay half of it today and then they wanted to make payments on the the rest of the, the deposit would you accept accept someone like that or would you reject them because they they don't have the full deposit typically i would uh if with all things else being uh good i would accept them but i would not normally take payments i would maybe split the payment half up front and half the following month hopefully when they got their at least part of their security deposit back from the previous place of rental. Okay. But I, I don't usually, you know, I, I can't say that I've ever stretched it out where it's two, three, four payments. Okay. Okay. So you, you want to get that money as quick as possible. And well, well, the, well, the reason for that is if they've got a good steady job and everything, why don't they have some yeah. money saved up? Right. If they're spending every dime every month, that's going to be the way they're going to be the rest of the time living right. with you too. Right. Yeah. That's probably going to be a, be a red flag. So, um, all right. Well, Randy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. If someone wants to to check you out, check out uh, Urea Club or or your your landlord association, where's the best way to, for people to find you online? Well, uh, a couple of ways: the Central Arkansas Real Estate Investors Association, Korea, which is c a r r e i a dot com, is that website, or the Arkansas Landlords is Arkansas Landlords with an S dot O-R-G. And of course, my personal company name is Arkansas Property Buyers, AR Property Buyers. And you can uh, check me check me out there and our, our blog and and uh, what we got going on. And so we'd love to talk to anybody. Great. Well, I will go ahead and put all of those links on my website. You can find it at rentalincomepodcast.com slash episode 94. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you like it, make sure you hit that subscribe button and we will have a new episode for you every single Tuesday. My name is Dan Lane and this has been the Rental Income Podcast. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance. And it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -ch
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.